In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Hallelujah. Can we be seated? Hallelujah. Alright, so I'm going to be teaching shortly on, on love. I'm going to be talking about love shortly. And um, love and relationships. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to I want you to first understand that love, everybody's in need of love. Everybody's in need of someone to show love to them. Everybody wants someone to, you know, tell them good things about them. And if I go and just shake someone by the side and say, welcome to service. Hallelujah. The other persons are coming really late. And we can't wait for them anymore. So, um, everybody's looking for someone that will love them. Everybody's looking for someone that will, that will show care. Them, that will call them on phone and say, hey, Alpha, are you eating today? Everybody's looking for someone that will at least make them feel that they exist. But the truth is that if you keep waiting for someone to tell you that they care about you, for someone to show you that they love you, you might never have anybody do that. Or you might be disappointed. Amen? Amen. Now, while other people are waiting for someone to show them love, what you should be doing is to look for who to show love. The greatest of people, or the people, the best of people that experience and love from others are the people who are going about distributing it. Love is like money. Love is like the currency, like money. The more money you have, the more people want to give you. But the less money you have, the more they want to take from you. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. I was somewhere yesterday and the conference, there was a conference and they, they painted in such a way that they can collect money for people. So that was they want people to invest and network together. Right? So that, you know, it's a the talking business. So they want people to invest their money in that business. And I noticed that the people that are targeted are people that are managing civil servants, all of those people who are trying to, you know, they're not trying to survive. Those are the people that they were target, right? And I actually still notice some class of people that were wealthy in that place. Now, do you know what I observed? Well, I was sitting, I was sitting at the back. I observed that the people who are average, average class, they were civil servants, you know, they were, they were very responsive to whatever they were saying. When they put a slide or picture and, and showed the person that bought a car from the business, from the talking business, the civil servants would be clapping, hey, hey, we believe in you, you know, they were, very, they were more consumed, amen? Then those high class people, I saw that they began to walk out one by one from that conference. And I began to ask myself, what, what's the difference between these two people? The, the person that does not have is more gullible than the person that has. Praise the Lord. The person that does not have, they want to take from the person. But the person that has, you know, he knows what to do, he knows where to do. In fact, you can't even deceive him. You can't take from the person that has. You would rather want to give the person that has. Now, they said success has many brothers. I 
and tell your heart, no brothers. If you have an uncle that is rich, I've noticed this even in my family, an uncle that is rich, what he's doing is baby. Everything you will use your laughter to buy me the I can eat it now. Like my uncle, my uncle, I have an uncle that has money like that. Was doing his bed, I didn't have money. The guy has more than me, but I went to go and give him something. But you, that you are not surviving, and that you are doing your bed, nobody. That is how love operates. If you are the one looking for who to show love to, you will attract more love to yourself. Amen? Amen. So do not wait for somebody to come and say, hey, I love you. How are you? Have you eaten? You be the one to look for people. Ask them. Ask them. You don't show. How you are like they be you now? How your children are? The moment you are that kind of person, you are you are showing a seed for yourself. Praise the Lord. Amen. You are making an investment for your future that you don't even know about. You are making an investment. Suddenly you will notice that people will begin to become interested in you. People want to know how you are also do it. Don't expect it to happen in the hurry. You might do it for the first one month, two months, three months, and nobody is concerned. Listen, like Jesus, the Bible says he came for God to love the world, he came to the person, and whoever believed in him, to not care what happened last night. Listen, when Jesus came to die, nobody cared about him. Everybody was looking at somebody that would save them. Nobody wanted to know if Jesus needed food, a place to sleep. Nobody cared about him. But he came. Because, because love sent him. I don't even understand what He came to share the love of God. Amen. Amen. And check out. While he was doing that, instead of we are talking about nobody cares. If he has eaten, nobody cares if he has had anything good. If he has even if he has money for anything, maybe school fees and nobody cares. That one was not enough. They went to accuse him of blasphemy. They took him to a tree, flogged him, they took him to the cross, nailed him, killed him. Somebody that came to give love. So when you are a person who is concerned about sharing this love to other people, one thing you will notice is that people would, would do what? People would bite you, people would want to castigate you, people want to condemn you, people want to fight you. But don't stop. Now, after Jesus had died and went to heaven, what is happening now? Everybody is calling the name of Jesus. The Bible says that God gave him a name that is above heaven and that the mention of the name of Jesus, every knee bows. Jesus has been exalted because of that sacrifice he made. Because of that selfless life he lived. Praise the Lord. Now the question is this. I've talked to you about giving love, being the first person to give than to be, than to be the person to expect. Now, I can also give you this for free. If you have somebody that used to help you before, and the person stops helping you, send that person, even if it's 200 naira chapter, and have a text. Say thank you for all the help that you've been giving to me. Thank you for all the assistance that you've been assisting me. Even if it's um, something little, send to that person and say thank you. One thing you will notice that the person will start remembering you. The person will take you more seriously. Are you hear what I'm saying? I'm saying all of this so that you can understand how this matter of love works. If you are not the one going, if you are not willing to give it, you cannot receive it. If you are not willing to share it, you can't get it. 
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So don't see that as saying, oh, nobody likes me. Everybody has forgotten me. My husband has forgotten me. My everybody has abandoned me. Even if everybody forgets you, and it's someone who never forgets you, his name is Jesus. So, with that contentment, go about sharing love. So, how do you share what you don't have? How do you share what you don't have? So, if you want to be able to distribute love, you need to have it in abundance. Sure, of course. You can wake up one, one day and you feel like not talking to anybody, you just feel, ah, this life too hard. And everybody, everybody around you becomes a witch. Your neighbor becomes, everybody becomes an occultic man. And all your relatives becomes, you know, occultic. You must have enough love in your heart to be able to share it. Hallelujah. And that's what I'm about to share with us today. The love that's available, the Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 5, verse 5. Let's see that. Romans chapter 5, verse 5. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. You have that active source. Romans 5 and verse 5. See, just read it for me. And hope. Are you there? Yeah, Romans 5, verse 5. Then when that happens, we are able to hold our heads high no matter what happens and know that all is well. For we know how dearly God loves us. And we feel this warm love everywhere within us because God has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. We feel this warm love everywhere because God has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. Say with me, say the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is, Spirit. is the generator yeah. of love yeah. on my inside. Say the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost. is the generator yeah. of love yeah. on my inside. What makes that love abundant on your inside is the Holy Ghost on your inside. Is the presence of God on your inside. Because one day you can just decide to wake up and everybody is annoying you. Everybody is getting on your nerves, on your last nerves, for that matter. And you want to take on them. But if you have the Holy Ghost on your inside, you are going to have so much love to give that anger will find expression. The Bible talks about the fruit of the Spirit being, the, the Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is love. Every other fruit is a product of love. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. What I'm sharing with you is going to also help you in your relationship, in your marriages. Many people have issues in their marriages today, or their relationships today, because they got into that relationship expecting to get happiness from the relationship. If you go into a relationship expecting happiness of relationship, you will never see one. Go into relationships with a mindset to contribute happiness, not to expect happiness. If your if your partner becomes the reason why you are happy and why you are sad, you will not do well in that relationship. You will always be sad. Praise the Lord. Amen. Your husband, your wife should not be the reason why you are happy in your relationship. The Holy Ghost. In your heart, you be the reason why you feel that warmth of love. The Bible, this Bible call it a warmth. Call it a warmth. You feel that warmness of love in your heart. So when you want to, to maybe your wife did something, or your partner did something, or your, your fiance did something, or your children did something, and you want to say your father, you just remember the warmth of love. You want to say water, you want just remember the warmth. You want to say shade. 
don't want to talk to you. I said, no, it's my child. It is the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. It is the work of the Holy Ghost. I want to share some stories with you. 7 Kings chapter 6 and verse 13. I want you to understand how it works. Why we keep that scripture? Let's see the book of Mark chapter 12, verse 33. Mark chapter 12, verse 33. Mark 12, verse 33. And maybe if I make you that when I need to shoot, you can understand. I, I don't know how to help those who are not here. Mark 12, verse 33. We love the Lord. Okay. Mark 12, verse 33. The Bible says, the Bible says, and to love him with all your heart and with all your understanding and with all, all the soul and with all the strength and to love his neighbor as himself is more than a whole bond offering and sacrifice. Amen. 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 So the Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your strength, with all your heart, with all your understanding. And he then said, love your neighbor as yourself. Hallelujah. Love your neighbor as yourself. When, when you feel like there is not enough, enough love in your heart for people, you feel that people are not doing the best, people are disappointing you, they are breaking your heart, they are making you feel bad. The first person you should run to is Jesus. The first person, if you want to get better at loving people, the first person you should, you should, you should perfect your love for is Jesus. Praise the Lord. Amen. Because any love you perfect for Jesus will reflect on people. I'll say that again. Any love you perfect for Jesus will reflect on people. The Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your strength, all your heart, all your mind. That is even if you profess in the, the virtue for us. Even if the person they bet you, you get keep mad one one of your friends, or person don't do you something bad. If you truly love Jesus, it will be easy to forgive that person. Praise the Lord. Amen. If you pursue Jesus with all your strength, with all your heart, with all your might, it will be very easy for you to let go of that person. Why? Because anybody that falls in love with Jesus is so much himself. He's real self. I can prove that to you from many scriptures. Colossians 3 and verse 3. For I died to be Christ, therefore not I that live, but Christ that lives in me. For the life, my life is now hidden in Christ, and Christ in God. Your life talks about what you are meant to do, talks about your purpose, talks about what why you are created. The Bible says it's now given in Christ and Christ in God. So who you truly are is in Christ. Who you truly are is revealed by Jesus. When, when, when you get somebody gets you angry and another person tells you, ah, why are you doing the best like this? Everybody says that is the counter, the counter. And you tell the person, that's what I've been, that's what I've been. 
That's, that's, that's a lie. That's not how you are. See, if it's not me, I get quick best. They don't they don't they they don't use me play for my family. I get quick best. That's not who you are. See, if that's it, 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 that's not who you are. In Christ, you might be that person, you might look like your father biologically, but spiritually, you look like Jesus. Amen. Amen. So it is when you begin to pursue Jesus that this traits, this little you, begins to come out. You begin to see yourself as different. You begin to see yourself the real way you are. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18. Behold it as in the glass, this same image, that we are being conformed and transformed from glory to glory until we become like Him. Until we become like Him. We are being changed until we become like Him. The only thing you need to do if you want to be able to have enough love to give to people is to pursue Jesus. Love Jesus. Love God. And not just any kind of love. Love with all your strength. What it means to love God with all your strength that you say you're gonna use your energy to serve God. That's that energy where you that's what energy where you get. At least use our sweet church. Use our joining one group of church. They serve God. The Bible also talks say you will love God with all your soul. And he say your feelings, your feelings, that, that feeling, that, you know what I'm saying? They're going to for choir, you're going to stand and they look at everybody. If you sing, may your mind get that song where they sing. Maybe they say it will touch you like this. No, I'm saying they go to church because mommy, mommy say, no, go to church, or your husband say, no, go to your. So I say no, they go to church with your sister. God is when you come to church. You will go to church because say you love Jesus. Because say you are interested in Jesus. Hallelujah. Because your mind, what I call say, what I call slang, we say your mind will be. Amen. That means it's touching the inner fabrics of your soul. You are you are serving God with you are serving God with also your intellect. You are using your wisdom to serve God. You are using your talents to serve God. Don't say something but it's quiet for church. And you know how to do that thing. You go just be quiet. Say that she be woman leader and she will take care of her. No. But you use your mind, your soul, your whole heart to serve God. So what you are doing is you begin to change into a different person and you begin to have you have enough love to give. I'm, sh- I'm showing you all of these things because many people are looking for love every day. But very few people are willing to give it. In relationship, if you don't have this disposition, you will go around looking for happiness from your spouse and they might not be able to meet. And if everything they do to please you will turn into an anger, an anger score for you. I'm telling you, my brother, 
Yes, there are times when in my life I felt, you know, a demonic atmosphere. And when people come around me and they're doing something to please me, I see that I'm annoyed. So it has to be the holy, the power of God from the inside, the Holy Ghost, the law from the Holy Ghost on the inside that bubbles out to change your atmosphere. If not, you, you won't have love to give. And a man that doesn't have love to give might die, might die not having anybody to care about you. I'll tell you this. My also die not opening his phone. Praise the Lord. Amen. So I'm talking today so that I can show you how this thing works. Second Kings chapter 6 and that's 31. That's the first one. I want to show you something very powerful. After today's meeting, you'll go around looking for who to care for, looking for who to show love to. Because you have enough love. Please protect and say, I have enough love. In my heart. Because I have the Holy Ghost. Say it again. Say, I have enough love. In my heart. Because I have the Holy Many times the Holy Ghost was compared to rivers of living water. Many times the Holy Ghost and the streets were compared to river, flowing river. A flowing river. John 7, 37. Jesus cried on the ladder saying, Boy, that has come and, and drink the ladder of dead shall bubble out, rivers of living water. He's talking about the Holy Ghost. So a person with the Holy Ghost in his heart has the capacity to feed communities with what the Holy Ghost represents. I don't think you can hear what I'm saying. Amen. Amen. So when people tell you, oh, uh, like I said, I've said this before and I'm saying it again. When people try to tell you and talk you out of your ambition to be great and tell you that you end up in nobody, you end up normal, you end up ordinary, please shun them. Because that's what the Bible says. The Bible accords our destiny as a global one. The Bible accords our destiny as one that will be seen and known all over, the, all over the world, all over our community, as one with influence. The Bible says nobody lights a lamp and hides it under the nature. Amen. Amen. The Bible says you are a city set on a hill. Matthew 5, number 5 downwards. That cannot be hidden. You are a city. You say to yourself, I'm a city. I'm a city. Say that you say, I'm a city. I am set on the hill. I cannot be hidden. So, why I tell you, oh, not that city is not global, just know that I'm telling you scriptures. You are a city that cannot be hidden. The Bible calls you the light of the world and calls you the salt of the earth. And somebody tells you, not everybody go better. Who said that? Is that the word of God is said? And we have we have called to believe what the world is saying, what the world has been saying. And that's how we are we are conforming to the system of the world. We are under the capture of the limitations of the world. Don't be everybody go make up. Don't be everybody go believe. If everybody go, go, go read through, go help for. Is that what the Bible says? 
He says he was made a cross that was blessed with Abraham and the earth. I wish that most of things that the cross can be in hell. Even as your soul, Paul was making that prayer for the church by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. God wants you to be an influence. Say it again. Say, God wants me, God wants me. to be an influence. Yeah. And for me to be an influence, yeah. I need the Lord yeah. of God in my heart. Praise the Lord. I can go on at all. But I want to show you something. I want to show you something. Please understand that nobody, you can there is two, there is a limit to how much you can do and how much you can become. You can't go walking to God with your The Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians and verse 13. When he was talking about giftings, says you can prophesy, you can see visions, you can do so much, but he said if you have, if you don't have love in your heart, you are like a sounding cymbal. Is that what? Is it chapter 13 Right. So you can be so gifted, so talented, but you don't have love, you end the nobody. So that this love is what gives you relevance on the earth. And then the person is happy. Amen. Amen. You'll be nobody. You don't have to. And that's why I'm showing you how to catch this law. I'm showing you how to catch this law. You need abundant of it. You must move ahead. Some of us that drive boats, you, this guy can tell you, and a couple of them can tell you, that you meet the worst people in the world. You meet people that you would you, you mistake them for ghosts. And you you don't want any people are human beings. Or you carry someone to the world. Amen. Come to your car. You have to know, hey, no, no. Just think it's well. You know when I was growing up in church, you know, when many children are so innocent, they are, they are, they are, they are, how you know the heart of a little child is that that child is, is quick to love, quick to give, and quick to give. So when we were children, we were so innocent. When we went to church, you know, we were so innocent, we, we love to associate with people, you know. So I, I, I took, I think they bought something for me, and I was going to give it to a little girl. In church, you know, so I was like, ah, clean heart, oh. I say, ah, baby, take mother just look at me. Hey! Do you know after that time I felt very bad about giving anybody anything? So the world has a way of truncating the love of God in us. It's a system of the world. It will stop it if you are to do without the love of the Holy Ghost. This love of God in you will die. If you are to go without the word of God, the Bible, fellowship with God, what? The wickedness and the morality of the heart of man is desperately wicked. You can't quantify how wicked men are. 
Amen. 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 So it is a risk to expose your heart to the, to the, the concentration, the corrosiveness of the hate in the world and not have the love of God at work. It is a risk. You will change. This is one of the reasons we have problems in marriages. Many, many of the ladies in, 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 that are married, so most of the most of them that have issues in their marriage, had an experience with maybe a guy, two guys, four guys. And then she got married. Maybe the guy did some things with them and broke their hearts. And they tried to love again, and the other person broke that. And they loved the third person, and the third person tried to marry them. All the broken hearts from the two persons will be lashed on that guy. Are you hearing what I'm saying here? Yeah. It will be lashed on that guy. And it is, it is not her fault. Before she met those guys, she, ah, she was so loving, so kind. How many of you here, when you go on the road, or you heard people tell you, don't give, don't give, use your money and do it right? How many of you have that is, if I happen to focus, but I don't think a child of God should be scared of giving the money out. If they take your money, you're a child of God, and take your money to a shrine, that money, that money will change, will make the little God to give his life to Christ. That's the mentality of God. The one will make you, will inflict fear in you, and make you feel that you are a victim. And so, the world has a system. Say with me, the world has a system. The world has a system. Of, of assassinating the love of God in your heart. It's a system. It's a system. Even marriage has a system of assassinating love. So you tell you marriage is not good. Marriage is a necessary evil. That's what they say. I'm not here about that word before. Marriage is a necessary evil. It is not good, but you have need it. But that's not true. If you have enough love to give, if you have enough love to keep yourself happy and keep your others happy, you, you won't have issues. But when the person, the inability of the person to wash plates and clean the house, is not what imagine you be happy or not. The inability of the person to provide food, the husband will not give get food. Or will give you money for soup. It's not the reason why you are, you, are, you, are, you are going to be happy or not happy. When that is the problem, then you are going to have issues with marriage. I want to show you something very powerful. 2 Kings 6, right? 2 Kings chapter 6. Are you there? Please, everybody, when you come for meetings, come with your Bible. It's very important. Come with your Bible. 17 chapter 6 of verse 12, verse 16. I think, let me read from verse 15. Yeah, you can read 16. 2 Kings 6 and verse 15. Amen. 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 And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, and host of past the city, both the horses and the chariots, and his servant said unto me, Alas, my master. How shall we do? Verse 16. And the answer, fear not. For they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. 
And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire. About the Okay? So it's a simple story, and many of you should know that story. The servant of Elijah, the of Elijah, you know, went to church, observed the, 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 the environment, and saw that soldiers were coming to arrest Elijah. And he was scared. He was terrified. He was disrupted. He was, he was displaced. His mind was perturbed. He was confused. He was weakened. He didn't know what to do. He was full of mixed emotions. And he went to tell his master. He said, hey, Baba, enemies are everywhere. They are, coming, they are coming to take us. This is the end of our life. This is the end of our career. And the man of God said to him, said, those that are with us are more than those that are against us. What is the difference between the servant and Elisha? Elisha was a man of intimacy. The servant was a man of service. Elisha was a man that was in love with God. The servant was a man that was, that was interested in making God happy. You know, it's different. It's, it, there are two different things to be in love with God and to just do things so that God will be happy with you. There are two different things. We have many believers. That is why we, you, when, when you come to church expecting to find love in church, but you find hate, you find anger, you find envy, you find grievance in church. Why? Because there are many people who are in church and doing what they are doing for God to make God happy, not because they are in love. If you see a man in love, one of the attributes of love is that it takes your sense away. Love makes you look foolish. Are you, are you still here? So a man who is in love with God will look foolish to people. Will do things that are stupid that you can't calculate. A person who is in love with God. And today I'd like to tell you that Jesus is looking for lovers. He's not looking for servants. What was the difference between Elijah and his servants? While Elijah saw angels, saw the host of heaven around him, the servants could not see it. A man in love with God cannot see the way a normal man sees. Amen? Amen. A man in love with God will see that thing you, you are seen as a limitation, as an opportunity. A man in love with God. A man in love with God sees differently. I can show that to you from Scripture. 7 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. This eyes have not seen and ears have not man. It has not entered into the hands of man. What God has proposed for them that love him, but it is in his and his What God has planned to do with them that love him, is revealed to that person by the Holy Ghost, even though every other person cannot see it, that guy will see it. Amen. Amen. Maybe everybody in your family feels that nothing could have come out of your life. Just don't worry. Just pursue after your love for God. 
pursue after this is the foundation. If you pursue after that love you have for God consistently, very soon the way you are seen will change. So recently I just came back from Canada. And it was an honor for me because, you know, as a little boy, this is the church you grew up in. You were born in this church. You grew up in this church. And then you were given an honor to sit down with you. The same pastor that carried you and dedicated you on the altar. The same pastor you are sitting down on the same pulpit with as a guest minister. It was so much an honor for me. And it was, it was prophetic for me. But I could tell you that it wasn't always like that. What singled me, and they were not the young persons, they were older than me, older than me, that have never had that kind of honor. What singled me out, what the pastor kept repeating, was that, that I was known for always going out for evangelism. When every other young person was going about their other business from a young age, I mean, I'll come to church, I'll be the only person. I'll pray and go out for evangelism. At some point, some persons joined me. I will pray, go and evangelize. There are times after coming to church, nobody will in church. I will pray, go to the other person's house, and call him, please come and join me, come and join me. I will go to start going to evangelize. I mean, I will, I will check. You know, if you begin to come, you know how much this talk is. I do understand what the, the hotness of Camus' son was, but I left Camus and came back to Camus. Because I was used to it. Amen. Amen. I will go, we'll go for evangelism, we'll go for hospital participation. And we didn't care if anybody would like. Some, at some point, people are reporting us that we are going to start a financial. That we are taking members away from us. People are reporting us, but the pastor didn't stop us. He told us to join a group, but we didn't, he didn't stop us. We kept doing what we are doing for law. And that thing I was doing since I was 12 till now was what they were honoring me for. After how many years? There is no, there is, there, there are investments you can make that might not be fruitful or prosperous. But there is never an investment you make in love that goes in this to come back to you. There is never an investment you make out of love for God that goes, that goes into the sky and disappears. It will come back. So we are in church for God because we love so we didn't care about what people thought. I mean we are in South Level, I'm sure we do. People call those names. I mean every Saturday, my brother, every Saturday we eat every Saturday. I will come to church and dress and talking like my, 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 my trouser will be like this with shirts and sometimes I use that, sometimes I don't because of the heat. I check from my house, no matter what. from no matter my church is like checking from here to beggar. Is it beggar or father? Maybe around there. I don't know how far it is, but I think it's farther than that. You know, check from here to there. So we are doing that. We are doing that. And because we are doing that out of love, God changed the way we saw ourselves. See, Yahweh David was a shepherd boy, but when David began to fall in love with Jesus, he stopped seeing himself as that. 
And I was not giving him the bonus to go and ask his brothers, what will be done for the guy that he killed his brother? Something changed in his mind about him. Amen? Amen. The problem with the world today is a problem of wrong perception, wrong personal perception. Misplaced identity. Identity crisis. People don't know who they really are. So a person comes down from a car because you make you drove wrongly or you brushed him and say, you know who I am, you know, the guy doesn't even know who he is. He doesn't know who he is. Because maybe if he, if he, if he knew who he was, he would have been like, oh, I understand, we have our repair, go and repair your way. But this is a lot see what I'm saying that looks funny. But if if Nigeria, if this thing comes upon us and everybody is baptized in this spirit of love, this going to be a better place. Amen. Amen. So the way you are thinking about yourself, you feel, oh, because that was my problem. As of God, before I started evangelizing and doing the work of God, pursuing after God with all my strength and all of those things. That was my issue. That has been my biggest problem. I used to feel I have a big head. And I also fine. Like it was in my head. So I have inferiority complex. I didn't, I didn't associate with my, my colleagues. I didn't come around them because those you guys, all jeans, dressed, smelling nice. The ladies were after them, fair guys, I mean fair. See, in, in our church then, you can't you are not fine of your head. As as a guy. Yeah, because our pastor was fair. He shouldn't be like, yeah, we are just connected to fine. Sorry, I'm saying this on the record. But you are so fine. So, like, the standard was you need to be fair and fine. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, I had inferiority complex and, of course, had insults of people, big head. Now, they call me big head, different slacks. You know, so it was in my mind. And that, the only way it changed was I began to pursue after God and God will define me. It, it, God gave me something different about myself that I never knew existed. So I would go out, when I walk into church, I'm walking by the side of the somebody come up and look say, why are you doing that? Why? What is wrong with you? It's a like, I couldn't explain what was going on. If you want to feel better about yourself, pursue Jesus. Love Jesus. I mean, sometimes there was a time I said, I, everybody in my class, I, I, I was only one preaching the gospel in my, in my class. And everybody was against me. Everybody was like, I chop this up for you guys. Everybody was like, ah, oh, are you too fast? Are you too fast? So, what, something happened. I came back wrong and I said, God, we are tired and I'm tired. This thing, ah, it's, it's only me, it's only me, it's only me, it's only me. Then God told me, He says, go and hide yourself. And fall deeper in love with me. He says, the deeper you fall in love with me, the more attractive you are going to come to your world. And every time I feel that lonely, every time I feel that bad, the person I run to is Jesus. I just go inside and I love myself and say, You are worthy to be blessed. You are worthy to be blessed. I'll put you in front, in front of my middle. That is pursuing after God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Anytime you feel bad about yourself and you feel everything.
there is one person that will feel bad about you. Can you echo his name back to me? Echo his name back to me again. Only him. So that's who you should run to. That's who you should fall more in love with. The Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, it's come unto me with a labor and a heavy day, and I will give you rest. Jesus is even, is even asking you to come that he will give you rest. When you feel bad, go. Call upon me. See his face. Elisha had a habit of staying in the presence of God. He was, he had, it was habitual for him to stay at God's presence, to sit at God's feet. It was his habit. He was always on Instagram. You know, on Instagram, you don't see so much, and you feel that you're not, you're, you're, you're the worst person on the earth. The world is moving, is moving and leaving you. It is. It's only when you get to Instagram and you know that even if you have a G-Wagon, you have not done it in your life. Amen. Amen. So instead of spending time on Instagram, some people, their own validation is from Instagram. When they post a picture, they want people to like it. And when they have just one like on Facebook, they have one like, sometimes they don't have any like. They're like, God, have I truly your child? <laughs> like Pastor Lord said, I'm the light of the world. Am I truly the light of the world? Why is nobody seeing me? Hello, Facebook out here. And when Facebook asks you what's on your mind, you just go and type. If you, if you don't greet me, I don't greet you, everybody mind your business. Or you just type this word you get to. Your, all your post is an attack post. I you simple like that. They are suffering from self identity crisis. Amen? Amen. Do you see that? They wanted to bury me. They didn't they wanted to bury me, they didn't know I was a seed. Alright? They, they, they poured water on me, they didn't know I was a guy. You know, all those posts like that, just for self-acclimatization, self-encouragement. You know, just funny posts like that. Listen, instead of doing all of those things, just go, go, go into somewhere. Go into somewhere, look at this. Lift up your hands. And say, I love you forever. I love you forever. I love you forever, Lord. That's all you need to do. And you instantly, how you perceive yourself, how you think about yourself, there was a day after prayer, and then you literally, after prayers, I, I, I discovered that that atmosphere, I asked God for something after the after prayers. I said, God, give me a better day. And literally, I didn't have, there was no cake. I never, pastor, I never celebrated a day. I was like, God, I need to have cake after this. All my friends is never accepted. Do not be. I only have a picture where I took someone, took picture with someone else in the 
So like, I think I grew up with that, you know. Praise the Lord. So that day I said, I, I was not praying. I said, Lord, I need a better deed. Nobody gave me a better deed. Nobody gave me anything. So Lord, give me a better deed. And the Lord said, yeah, I'm going to give you a better deed. And the whole atmosphere began to smell like, like you just need to be the whole room. And nobody was getting anything in the house. The whole room. And I asked the Lord, I said, what is the meaning of this man of passing? He said, that's the best thing that I can see. I was, I was dumbfounded. But I noticed something. I came out of that room, and I noticed I started getting um, affirmation from people like that. One of my friends, is it me? He told me, he says, Emmanuel, you don't have a girlfriend at me. He says, what's wrong with you? Are you normal? He says, do you see yourself in the mirror? Have you seen yourself in the mirror lately? That's why it's that like He says, have you seen yourself in the mirror lately? Something physically changed about my fear. Mm-hmm. Listen, tell your neighbor for me. Say the presence of God is with you. And the love of God is with you. It's not a complaint. No, nobody will come with me. Nobody will give me anything. Oh, oh, hey. Even I say, even I say, this life, I don't die. I will just die. Leave everything. Don't complain. Look for God. What you call favor is actually the gift of God's presence. Check it. Every man that I've talked about that, that says this man has favor. What that man actually has the presence of God. Look. Two, please. Um, this is so important. Everybody should come. Look two. Look four. Sorry, and that's something for three. Says and shall grow in wisdom, in favor, in stature, with man and with God. The Bible says he grew in favor with God and with man. He didn't say grew with, with men and with God. Amen. Amen. I think that's the book of Luke chapter 4. Please, let's see that. Luke. Um, I was supposed to teach today on how, the, how you can find true love. How you can find true love. And it's very simple. I'm going, to, I'm going to answer that question very, very simple. Please, how many of you here, you are, you are believing God to be married someday? You want to be married someday? Even if you were married before. Let me see your hands. You don't want to be married. Are you married? If you are believing God to be married in the next one year, two years, three years, I want to see your hands. If I know I'm talking to you right now, it's easy. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And if you are believing God to be married, this is, this is just for you. Don't get married because it is a necessity or it's a necessary evil. Get married because you have you have genuine love for the person. That you have found the true person. That this is your true love. That's why you should get married. And how do you find true love? Oftentimes, you can find true love from finding a crush. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But a crush is like the raw. Is it? Leave that thing alone. Leave it alone. A crush. Finding a crush is like the rawest form of true love. You can't bank on it. You have to process it. Even if I 
I found a cross in, in, in this lady, for instance. I found a cross in her. She does not mean that I found true love. Do you understand what I'm saying? But true love can come out of a crush. Praise the Lord. True love can come out of a crush. But not every crush is true love. That's by the way. How do you find true love? Go about dissipating the purest form of love to everybody. Don't treat one person some way and treat another person well. Just love everybody as Christ loved the church. Love everybody. Praise the Lord. Amen. Love is like a magnet. It attracts itself. If you are genuine a lover, you attract a genuine lover. If you are you are a miss, you are a, uh, you are a hypocrite, you love hypocritically, you also attract your kind. I've noticed this, especially from the church I watch, some, some churches. Praise the Lord. Amen. I noticed that um, it is easy for, for people to marry what looks like a part of, looks like themselves. It is easy. The question I want to ask us here is, if you are, if you are, you are asked to marry you, would you be able to marry yourself? But the truth is that the person you end up marrying is a reflection of yourself. Praise the Lord. That's the truth. The person you end up marrying is a reflection of, of yourself. You, anybody you marry today, you are attracted by the energy that you are dissipating. Whether good energy, negative energy. And I found that from churches that all times it's as though Good people marry good people. And funny people marry funny people. It's, it's, there is something that connects quiet people also marry quiet people. And I'm asking myself, you are quiet. Why marry somebody that is this quiet? You just notice that you are attracting the kind of person that you are. Maybe you've not noticed it, but I've noticed it. Wicked people. Uh, what I'm saying is, is I, I think that we had one first somebody in our Sunday school. Then his name is something, all those evil names that are according to me. All those brothers that used to flow away with. That's the name he had. And he was, he was trying to marry. And he went to marry his sister that was just like him. Then she flogged him with the chain. They flow for redemption. I mean, these guys. And so I'm, I'm like, why did you marry somewhere that is even calm? Somehow, some way, you attract who you are. So instead of looking for true love, become the best version of yourself. You attract true love. The reason why people don't get true love is because they are actually the wrong people. They are, they are the wrong versions of themselves walking up and down. Are you hearing what I'm saying here? God will give you what looks like the you he created, not what looks like the with a touch of trauma Jesus. <laughs> you know? So brother says they want to get married to 
Beyonce with a touch of Choma Jesus. Amen. Amen. God will give you what looks like you. He will not give you what looks like your mother or your father. He will give you what looks like you he created. So you are the person he created. You are living the standard he created. You are the right person. Walking around, you attract the right person. Amen. Amen. You are a person of love going around looking for who to express the love to, who to help, who to serve. That was why God did not give Adam. God did not give Eve to Adam. When Eve, uh, when Adam was all about himself, thinking about himself, oh, I never shocked to deal with what this love had. God gave Eve to Adam when Adam was about looking for how he could get the animals. Satisfaction. Are you hearing what I'm saying here? So when you are about doing what God created you to do, number one, you are about being the person that God created you to be, you're not being another person, then God will connect you to the right person. So people are praying, Father, give me the right husband, give me the right partner, and they are not the right person themselves. They are living the double standard life. They are being influenced by their friends. They are, they are doing different kinds of things. They, you can't get my strength. You can't. Amen. Amen. No matter how, see, start now. As, young, as, 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 a, as a young person, start now. You want to get married to someone that is clean? You want to get married to someone that is homely? You want to get married to someone? As a guy, start. Start working on yourself. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let me. That's how to attract true love. That's a summary. About to attract to love. I thought the message of that time about the fact that um, there are things you do. I, 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 I thought what I thought was how to convert a crush to a true love. And some of the things you put out, push out and how that can convert a crush to a true love. But that's not what I'm talking about today. One last thing I want to talk about is this. It's very important. Then we can ask our questions. Praise the Lord. Please get ready your questions so that we can answer. We'll ask questions, we'll answer. So one last thing I want to talk about is sex and setbacks. Sex and setbacks. First Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 16. Quickly, everybody. Hallelujah. Amen. If you're getting blessed, I'm getting blessed. Okay, First Corinthians chapter 5. Please, 2nd Corinthians, not 1st Corinthians, sorry.
myself to the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are becoming new. Amen. 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 It says, Know we no man after the flesh. We have known Christ after the flesh, but now, from now onwards, we know we no man after the flesh. For if any man is in Christ Jesus, is a new creation. All things are passed away, and all things have become new. Listen to this. It's very important to understand this. Even if you have been addicted to sexual immorality, or you have had encounters, or you are bound by it, if you are in Christ, sexual, sexual, sexual immorality is so strong, it can, it can it can keep you from becoming all that you want to become away from the verdict of God. Many people think that God is the one that is punishing them. When they commit sin and they are not doing well in life, things are working. Many people think it's God that is punishing them, but actually it's not God. Amen? Amen. It's the devil. And it's your body. Because you are the sin of sexual immorality is not just a sin against God, it's a sin against your body. I'm going to come to that. But listen to this. I want you to have a perspective how God sees you. God does not see you the way you used to be. If you had a lifestyle of sexual immorality, please, please, when, I, when I'm talking about this, I need to put out a disclaimer. Don't feel judged. I'm teaching you the word of God and the word of God is meant to help you become better. Amen. Amen. So if you used to have a lifestyle like that or you had an encounter, you are raped, you had an experience, you were abused and all of that, Christ, if the moment you give a life to Christ, for those of you that give your life to Christ, for those of you that will do it today, the moment you give a life to Jesus, you are no longer who you used to be. The Bible says, For we know we know man after the flesh. So God does not see you again as he used to be. He doesn't see you as the son of Okori or Okorie. He sees you as a different man. The Bible says, For if any man is in Christ, verse 17. He's a new creation. All things, somebody say all things, are passed away. And all things have become new. Listen, what this means is that all the things you have ever done wrong, God has forgotten it. All the, all the, the person, the person that you used to be, God has forgotten it. God does not see it anymore. I mean, you could be struggling with that same thing now, but God does not see it. Are you hearing what I'm saying here? Yeah. All things are passed away, and all things are becoming. In Christ, you do not walk to become who you are, or to become who God wants you to become. You receive who He wants you to become and you walk in it. I say that again. You don't walk to become who Jesus wants you to be or whom God wants you to be. You receive what He has made you become, and then you walk in it. Are you hearing what I'm saying here? So, God does not see you as that fornicator, even if that's what you are doing now. Except you have not given a life to Christ. When you give a life to Christ and you have struggles, you still have issues with sexual immorality, God does not see you as that old man. He sees you as a new man. And He wants you to begin to see yourself the way He sees you. And the moment you see yourself the way He sees you, you will stop the life. So, let me show you. Because many people think it's God that is punishing them for the sin of immorality. But I want to show you that God is not even the one punishing. 
the sin of immorality is a sin against your body. So your body has a way of punishing you. Amen. The sin of immorality can can it doesn't even draw it doesn't take God away from you. It takes you away from God. Are you getting what I'm saying here? Nothing can separate us from the love of God. That's what I'm saying. Book of Romans chapter eight and then verse eight. It says nothing, not death, not life, nothing can separate us from the love of God. So listen, God's love for you is constant. Anything that moves between you and God, if there's anything that moves towards you, God didn't move. God didn't change. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So that thing that that you feel, oh, God is far from me. God is not hearing my prayer. It is you that has moved. Do you get? So, First uh, Corinthians chapter six. Let's read what immorality can. First Corinthians chapter six, and verse from verse 15, 16, 17, and eighteen. I need a sister to read two verses and a brother to read two verses. Sister from the back, read two verses. Beloved, are you hearing me? Either of you, one of you should read First Corinthians six, fifteen, and sixteen. Then somebody here will read seventeen and eighteen. Please be loud so I can hear you. Oh, 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 hold on. There's no you know that your bodies are the members of Christ. Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them a member of the harlots? Verse 16. Amen. Remember, I said God is not the one that moves. God is not the one that has it. That he left you for your view that shifted. Now, listen to this very carefully. Says your body. Knowing you know that your body is a member of Christ, can you now take the member of Christ and make it a member with the hallowed? But he that is joined with the hallowed is one body with the hallowed. Please note this. That. That thing you, you, the Bible says one body there is talking about it's talking about soul tie. Amen? Amen. Someone say soul tie. Soul tie. Soul tie is a situation where your your mind, your soul, your spirit, no, not your spirit, your mind, your soul, and your body is connected to one person. That's what soul tie is. The Bible says when you have sex with a person that is not your husband, and a person that is not your wife, your body, your soul will be connected, will be tied with this person. You'll be one with that person. And normally, that your body and that your soul is supposed to be one with Christ. Amen? Amen. In other words, when you are thinking, 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 what you'll be thinking more is God. The things of God, when to pray, when to fast, how to help the needy, how to do things for God. But when you are joined, especially outside the confines of covenant, the covenant of marriage, you are joined to a lady through sexual immorality, you become one with that person. You become so tired with that person. So when that person starts misbehaving, it begins to drag you. And when the person is not around, because the person is not your wife, you are, your body is disorganized. You can't bring yourself to focus, to seek God. Most of the times, you can't bring yourself to pursue after God the way you want to. 
Because your body and your soul begin to love for that person. Are you hearing what I'm saying here? Your whole being begins to love for that person. And this is a big problem to you. Because this is what is dragging you away from God. This is what will drag you away from God. How many of you have been in a situation? It has happened to me before. This one, there was no sexual connection. I just liked the person. I was always talking to the person. We became, in, we became close. And then I'm reading a book. And for, I'm reading for one hour. And for 45 minutes, I was thinking about the person. When you are so telling the person before you are actually married with the person, it takes, it takes a large chunk of the energy that should have concentrated on serving God out of it. It distracts you, it divides your energy. Praise the Lord. Amen. It divides your energy. You'll be wondering what the person is doing, where the person is, who the person is with, if the person will break up with you, if the person is happy with you, or unhappy with you. The Bible calls this body, it says, it calls it the temple of the Holy Spirit. It means that God cooperates operate with you because he cooperates with your body. He needs your body to operate with you. But when that body is shared, when your, your emotion, your soul is, so, is tied with different persons, that becomes a problem. You love Amadi, you love Isaac, you love Ezekiel. You don't even understand yourself anymore. That becomes a problem. You love Kate, you love Cecilia, you love Chidima, you don't understand yourself. You don't know. Have you noticed that the person that one of the one of the one of the group of people that find it God to get married or to find a spouse? And they and they actually have women around them, they have plenty of women around them. So you are wondering why is it that you're not married? Because they have ladies around them, but they are not married to anyone. One of the problems is that they have tested everybody. So it's difficult for them to. Amen. Amen. Why did God keep sex to be in the confines of marriage? Number one, He kept sex to be in the confines of marriage because marriage is a covenant that helps that person to stay committed to you in good time and in bad times. That's number one. Number two, marriage is an atmosphere that helps you to have access to that person consistently. So if sex comes, you feel the urge for sex, the person is there. Are you hear what I'm saying? Yes. The person is around. The person is not far away from you. Amen? Amen. But when you, when you are now having sex before marriage, you'll be distracted, you'll be distorted. You'll be, you'll be, if there was any confusion, it would be, it would be a major attack on you and your relationship with God. Verse 18 and 19, somebody should read, verse 17, okay, they read verse 17, 18 and 19. Please, quickly, 18 and 19, man of God, can you read that? 18 and 19? Yeah. Probably from sexual morality. Yeah. Yeah. 
Hallelujah. Amen. Says, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit from God, and then you are not your own? So, God expects us to treat our body as though it is not our own. That is the one that has it. Because He needs your body to cooperate with you, to work with you. He needs all your energy. Listen, the, 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 the energy of the, of the human emotion is so much that it can end a whole nation. Like it can bring a whole nation under, under fire. The energy of one human emotion can consume a whole nation. It's so huge. I don't know what I'm saying. I'll paint, I'll paint the future some other way. The energy of a human emotion can is what it takes to start up businesses. The, the energy of human emotion. is what it takes to start up enterprises. It's what it takes to build conglomerates. Are you hearing what I'm saying here? The energy of the human emotion is what it takes to raise a family. It's what it takes to serve God too. That's what the Bible says, Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your strength, all your heart, all your mind. The energy of the human, what is emotion is actually energy in motion. That's what emotion is. E and motion. E stands for energy in motion. Praise the Lord. Amen. Please don't make me feel I'm talking to myself. Are you here? So, the human emotion is like the human energy. What makes you productive, sensible, progressive, a living thing? What makes you a living thing? It is that, that energy that makes you a living thing. Is what, that, that is what is called your emotion. That thing, emotion, is called your emotion. And listen to this. The human emotion depletes. It's like an energy that can deplete with use. Amen? Amen. It can also be refilled. It can be reignited. It can be reinstated. So it depletes like fuel, like energy can deplete now. And you need to, for instance, if you use your car, if you have finished, the energy will go down. And then you put fuel or the oil for the energy to be up again, the efficiency and the energy to be up again. The same thing with the human emotion. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If you do if you did physics very well, you did engineering, if you understand energy, you can understand emotions. So if this is so with the human emotion, anywhere you deposit your emotion and it is wasted, you have put yourself at a risk of many other things that that emotion would have been invested in because it will surely be recovered. The energy that you wasted will be recovered. Amen? Amen. But it will take time. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The human emotion has is made up of the human physical energy. It's made up the, of the human intellect. It's made up of the human memory. It's made up of the human feelings. Praise the Lord. That's what makes up your emotion. So it's made up of the human, your, your time, your time too. Now, anywhere you deposit all of this energy in, it will require some time. To recover this energy, and you would have missed out from from other places that you would have deposited energy. Yeah. That is why they tell somebody. Tell, somebody told one of my lecturers told me says, Emmanuel, you can't do 
business and school and expect to do well at both of them. He told me that. He said, sincerely. He says, because this, this business you are doing is requiring your emotions. And this school too you are doing is requiring your emotions. So you can't do two of them effectively and you must be very disciplined to be able to do that. The same thing happens. You can't get Mr. A pour out all your energy. Without him proposing to you, he's not giving you any covenant, he has not entered any covenant with you. No commitment. And you go and pour out all your energy on her, on, on him. And you say you're just dating. Amen? Amen. That time you are investing in that person, that energy you are investing in that person, three other person or four other person must have come around you that would have been a better match or that would have been better ready than this person, but you would have wasted that time because the, the energy of the emotion does not, you cannot do, it works with one at a time. How you operate is one at a time. You cannot, you cannot put your energy on one person and put your, it has to be, do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, yes. It has to be one person at a time. So you are investing on, on her and she's not committed to anything and you're also investing and, 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 and then somebody else is coming around, you miss that person and opportunity is coming around, you miss that opportunity because you are investing on one person. But what if this person is committed to you, this person is ready to commit his life to you and you are ready to commit your life to that person. And you say, okay, I want to invest in That investment is now reasonable. Because you have been, you are putting that investment for for future purposes. Do you understand what I'm saying here? Yeah. You're making an investment for the future. Praise the Lord. So this is why sexual immorality is, is terrible. Because you do, you do require all of your energy in one person. You have invested your energy in the person, and if some other person is coming around you. That would have been the right person. Just understand that the part of you, the Bible says you are joined with the person. The part of you is with this person. So you, you, it, it takes the help of God. A part of you is with this person. So you can't give your all to this person without remembering this person. For instance, if I'm having sexual intercourse with this person who is my wife, because I've had encounters with Mr. A, Mr. Miss B, Miss C, and Miss D. If I'm having it with her, I'll be I'll be reminiscing of my encounters with this other person. Oh, she doesn't do this. She, do, she does that. Are you hearing what I'm saying here? Yes, sir. Sex is the strongest bond of soul time. The strongest. Every other one can easily break. But when it is sex that, that joins the both of you together, it is hard. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's why you see people married and they still have things to do with their ex. He tell you, oh, do you love her? Oh yes, I love her. Do you love him? Oh yes, I love him. Why are you cheating on him? I don't know what happens to me. I can't help myself. It is the bond that she has already formed. Of course, that was a woman who I, I told you a story, a story about a woman who says she loves her husband and then she's she has a guy she's sleeping with that she can't help it. It's a bond. So the Bible says, don't join yourself if you have it. If there's anybody you need to be joined with, join with God. Why did you compare God and a harlot? Because God, channeling your emotional energy towards God, has the capacity to give you the same feeling, the same, <laughs> what I call it dopamine secretion, the same satisfaction you get when you channel your energy pursuing women or pursuing a girl or pursuing a guy. 
I'm telling you, China Energy pursuing God gives the same satisfaction. Are you hearing what I'm saying here? Yes. God, God would have compared the lot to someone other thing, but he said he's comparing the harlot to itself. He said you, you are one with me, therefore don't be joined with the harlot. That means what you can get from the harlot. You can actually get it from God. That satisfaction, that fulfillment, that comfort, that peace. You can get it with God. So don't go and give it to different people at different places and scatter all your energy. And when it's now time to be married and channel all your energy towards that spouse you're married to, all your energy is dissipated everywhere. You don't have enough energy to channel. And that's why you have people who are married. They can't they don't have time for their children. Their children are looking scattered. They don't have enough money. Sometimes the reason why some persons don't have enough money is not because they are not working hard. Oftentimes, their energies are scattered. So they can't, they can't, they are working hard, but they are not working smart. Their intellectual energy is dissipated everywhere. What you call innovative power, are you hearing what I'm saying here? Yes, what you call innovative power is a concentration of emotional energy. Do you hear what I'm saying? That, was what, that is why you, the, 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 the best of innovators and inventors we have, you will find out that they are the most lonely, secluded kind of individuals we have. Um, Bill Gates, I think it was Bill Gates that, I think he spent time in the bush, I think 30 days, I was trying to did 30 days in the wilderness or in the bush, alone, for 30 days. He said he wants to think for 30 days. What was he doing? He was trying to gather his emotional energy together. Innovative power is a product of concentrated emotional energy. So this is what this is what you need to understand. I take I take a bottle of water now and I'm pouring it somewhere, right? That is me putting my energy on maybe my my spouse, my wife, pouring, investing all my emotional energy on my wife, my children, my family. But when it has to do with God, what I'm doing is that I'm actually putting my bottle and I'm receiving. With God, what you are having with God is not that you are you actually going to exert an energy with God, but you are having an overflowing energy here. But for family, for girlfriend, for fiance, you can exert emotional energy and not get it back. Yeah. Are you hearing what I'm saying here? Yes, sir. But when you carry your energy to God, your emotional energy to God, there is, there is no way you spend that time and it doesn't come back multiplied. It will definitely be multiplied. That's what the Bible says, those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their energy. It's a matter of being like you. So God wants you to give him your body. Amen? Amen. And give him your, your, your intellect, your mind, your energy. He wants to give him everything so that he can take it from you and multiply it. So when you are investing it in your family, you will never be depleted. Investing it in your wife will never be depleted. But guess what? You invest it in a harlot, a guy you're not married to, you have sex with him, or you have sex with a lady you're not married to. Guess what it does to you? It drags you away. That connection with that guy or that lady pulls you away from the source that should keep your energy renewed. Do you get what I'm saying here? But God is still there. He didn't move. But you are pulled, you pulled away. Somebody magneted you away through soul time. That's what sex can do. 
Hallelujah. Amen. But today, I pray, every energy dissipated, lost by the power of God, you are recovering it tonight. Amen. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Make up your mind today. I, I, I told myself a long time ago, I won't, until I'm ready to get married, I'm not ready for sexual intercourse. Until I'm ready to get married. Let it be, let it be something you tell yourself to do. When you get married, you'll be grateful that you did it. You'll be so grateful. And another thing to know is that your children will not take after what you teach them. They will take after what you, what you are doing, what you have done, what you are doing, and what you will do. Many people don't know that. I told, I told some people in my church, I said, the reason I don't give my prayers headache is I don't want my kids to give me headache because they are there. They are your loins. Every human being is carrying four generations in their loins. Sister, you are carrying four generations in your loins. Here. They are here. Man of God, four, four generations. Four. Four generations are in your loins. I'm telling you from Bible backup standpoint. Baptists are busy the history of Jacob until the third and until the fourth generation of them that get here. So you, every human being carries four generations of individuals in their lungs. So what you do, you actually exact it. That was why when Abraham lied, Jacob did the same thing. His son too. He was, he was a pattern. Amen. Amen. Let's ask questions. One question. Or two questions and then any any questions <laughs> on sexuality ask questions on sex sex let's start with that please don't be shy on relationship anyone do you hear the question okay Mel come sit here you two come sit here just come sit to us here hallelujah Amen. praise the Lord hallelujah. okay so he said is you are in a relationship with someone and you're in a relationship with someone and you are not getting you I said that I said that you should expect you should not expect happiness from somebody and then you're in a relationship with someone and the person is not even giving you the happiness. What's the real what's the what's the essence of being in a relationship with the person? Since the person is not giving you happiness. The truth is that why that the truth is that many people go into a relationship because they want to be happy, right? But that's the wrong reason for going to relationship. If you are if you are on the group chat this week, I asked the question. Give me three reasons why you want to be married. Three reasons. People are mentioning different kind of reasons, right? Sharon, if I ask you to give me three reasons why you want to be married, three reasons. Okay, one, very urgent reasons why you think you should be married. What would you say? Why you think you should be married, or why you feel it's good to be married? For companionship, yeah. That was part of the things they said. Companionship. Some people say for reproduction. Some people say for for what raising God's children. Yeah. Pastor, please go back to that chat so that you can read that for me. Some people said a lot of things. And if I ask you now, why do you want to go into a relationship, or why do you want to be? In a relationship, because it's not bad to be in a relationship. I told you guys before. I said, me, I will encourage you to find you find love, be in love, amen? amen. Because I told you different. I gave like seven importance of being in love to make you concentrate, 
make him more productive, make him do a lot of things. But now, when you are going into a relationship or you are going into a marriage, you are going to be doing the wrong thing if you're going to that marriage or that relationship because of what you want to get. Go into every relationship and every marriage because of what you can give. So, please, did you see my response to that question? The three things. Did you see it? I just want you to read it out. As a man, the three reasons why you should be married. The three reasons, number one. I said number one, as a man, why do you need to marry? Number one is what? Um, as a man, to nurture. You get married because you want to nurture. You get into a relationship because you want to nurture. The same thing. Marriage, relationship, the same thing. You get into it not because you want to be happy. Or... Yeah, because I've been there before. I was, I was trying to get into a relationship. And I, I, I was expecting that as I got into a relationship because the, the lady's face is, is fine. She's fair. She, she used to be fair. And she's fine. And then she, like, she smiles a lot. So I was thinking that because she's fine and she smiles a lot, I'll, it'll be an avalanche of happiness. That she'll just make me happy. When I look at her face, I'll just be happy. Amen? Amen. It's not always true. It can be true, partly, but it's not always true. So I went to that relationship with a different mindset this time around. I changed my mindset. I went to that relationship to nurture her. Amen? Amen? Brothers, go into a relationship to nurture your woman. Even if it's your wife, it's your um, fiancé, go there to nurture her. Not to expect anything, but to first nurture her. Number two, what did I say? To protect her. Number three? Provide to provide direction for her. There are actually many more. To be a model to her. To show her what to do. To just put her right. To groom her. There are two types of people, two types of men in the world. There is the gardener man and there is the hunter man. The hunter man is just looking for a fine girl that comes out of the shopping plaza with key in her hand, rolling it, key of the Range Rover, rolling it and going to her car. And she's like, ah! The Lord told me what I like. And then he walks up to the lady and tells her. Okay, let me, let me, let me ask you someone. I actually had a story of a man that was with a woman from the gates of the house. I was shouting, praise the Lord. As he got to the house, he said, praise the Lord. Sister said, hallelujah. Sister said, why should I say hallelujah? Sister said, sister, you won't believe it. I told God, if you will be my wife, that you should be cooking Amala when I come to the house. And this is you cooking Amala. Praise the Lord. And I'm like, Baba, you are just the idea for what you Amen. So we came one of those guys that they, are, they, are, they tell you, oh, the Lord said, the Lord said, no. You know what the Lord is saying? He could be a hunter guy. He's just wanting to get something out of you. Maybe you're from a rich family or you have something that he needs. He just wants to get something out of you. But if you are a genuine lover, you are in that relationship to not shop. To give. Even if I get married to a woman that is wealthier than me, I am primarily in that relationship to help her life. I see myself as I am. I see myself as a helper. And if I see myself that way, I won't have issues with her. Because I'll know I'll have a mentality. Amen? She's not enough. That she has a lot of flaws. She has a lot of mistakes. And then I would walk with her with wisdom that I am the one to make.
make her, you know, I'm the one to nurture her, I'm the one to raise her up. So that's the first kind of man is the hunter man. The second kind of man is the gardener man. Do you know how a gardener guy operates? Sometimes he comes and looks at the corn he has planted, and the thing has not even shown face as if he has done anything to grow. The guy keeps watching. The guy keeps watching. So a, the mindset of a nurturer is a mindset of consistent investment, even if there is no harvest at the instant. That's the mindset to have going to a So any guy that tells you, oh, Pastor, I'm tired of this single life. I want to live. I want to. Father, give me this job or I die. Or I die. I will pray for that guy because he doesn't know what he's asking for. He's asking for an He's asking for work. Man of God, I don't want to go. You're asking for work. Don't go. If you go into it, if you go into it to get to get happy, you won't get it. You will always get it. So go into it from a place of um, um, completeness. You are complete. Jesus makes you complete. Jesus is the source of your joy and the source of your happiness. And you are just there to act to what she has. Those three things I mentioned. Then I said for women. Because this is more with women. Women get married to some guy because the guy is financially stable. You are, you are getting married wrongly. You get married because you want to, you want to have children. Raise God's children. It's wrong. Some people, some people want to mention the group, but I knew. Some people's aim of getting married is just so that they can have sex. They have never had it. They want to have, they want to at least. They want to, <laughs> yes, at some point I was praying that Jesus doesn't come until I get married. <laughs> yeah, I was praying because I want to experience. Amen. Amen. Kamana Sunday. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. <laughs> so I was praying. I said, Father, don't come yet. Alright, so, so women get they want to get married because they want they don't know how it feels like. So they want to try it. So people want to get women want to get married because the guy's from a rich family. But that's a wrong reason. Because he's, he's tall and handsome or he's fair. It's a wrong reason to get married. So this is why you need to get married. Number one, as a woman. Get married. Get married. Get married with a mindset to receive. In other words, if this man is not a guy I can receive from, then he's not a husband material. I'm not talking about cash, money. I'm talking about reception, intellectually, emotionally, financially actually, but majorly intellectually, emotionally, spiritually. That guy should be able to give you things in these dimensions. If he's not able to provide things for you in these dimensions, that guy, get, if you get married to him for any other reason, you have gotten married wrongly. So, where him and see, this guy, can I receive from this guy spiritually? Can I receive from him emotionally? Can I receive from him um, um, intellectually? Then can I receive from him financially? Number two? To multiply. Get married. Because you want to multiply what he has. It's not that you want to burn children and fill everything. Mm-hmm. If you are not ready to multiply what the guy has, you are not ready to get married. If you are married for any reason apart from to multiply what he has, it's a wrong reason to get married. If you are in a relationship for any reason apart from multiplying what the guy already has, you are in a relationship for a wrong reason. So be in that relationship to multiply what he has. He has a shop, turn it to a supermarket. He has a supermarket. Coming to a plaza. Amen? Amen. Seek to multiply. You ask a question, just jot it out. Then, lastly, I said to submit. Get mar- uh, the reason you need to get married is to submit. 
be sure that if you are getting married to a, a man that you are ready to submit to that man and that that, that should be a, the, the right reason why you are getting married to him that you are ready to submit to him if you are not ready to submit to him then getting married to him for any other reason is the wrong reason then lastly to submit okay okay to multiply then to submit all right so those are the reasons that allow every other thing can be classified under these reasons why you should get married to a person. So you, you could if you look at both ends. Amen? Amen. If you look at both ends, the only group of people that has that has a little reason to be a little bit selfish is the ladies. But that their selfishness is for is for a is for for a level of productivity. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because a woman cannot multiply until she has received. Amen? Amen. So you have to, she has to come with an ability to receive from you and then she can multiply what you have given to her and then she submits to you so that what you have given to her can grow. Basically. I hope I'm not getting anybody lost. Amen. Amen. So every relationship you're entering into, if you don't want to have a problem in that relationship, Enter for what you will give and not for what you get. Know what you want to get, but go for what you give. Amen? Amen. So if you don't get what you want, you are fine. At least you are. See, there is, the, the beautiful thing about giving is that it will always return back. Everything you give will always return. If you, if she, for instance, doesn't have the ability to care, the ability to look into your eyes and tell you how you're feeling at the moment. If you do that to her, if you help her, if you find out how she's feeling at the moment, you're able to diagnose her time, how she feels, do it for one month, two months, three months, she will learn. Hmm? Give, giving, or love. Hmm? Love is viral. It's like a viral disease, contagious. Amen. Amen. I don't think I have a question. Did I answer your question? Eh? Yeah, so. So that's just the mindset. That's just my that's why I started with you you being compatible with God, knowing God, you know, for yourself, having his love. So when you're going to a relationship, even if the woman wakes up and says, Honey, wakes you up like three years and says, I want to talk to you. You won't you won't you won't feel like dying. Amen. Beloved, your question. See, wait, before you ask me, let me say this to you now. I'm teaching all this, is nobody's right there. So. Wait. We are going to have one seminar very soon, and it will be you people teaching. Sister Glory, you will teach. Sister um, Happiness, you will teach. You people will come and really want to teach. After teaching, I'll come and conclude. I'll just tell you today, oh, they are the one teaching you. You teach for 10 minutes, and I'll conclude. Please take it serious. You will need it when you're married. Amen. Amen. Oh yeah? You want to ask a question? Yes. Yeah. You want to say your business Yes, so. Okay, what if your your business is like How how would you work? Okay, you are a business and client person and maybe the guy is what? Is maybe he has his own business or something. Uh-huh. How would you now leave yours? 
No, it's very simple. The ability of women to multiply is very natural with them. It's natural. As long as a woman is around you and she got married to you for that to help you grow, to help you multiply, you will naturally multiply. Why I'm saying this is, is that a woman does not have to even truly completely get involved with what you're doing for you to multiply. Amen? Amen. The word multiply is just expansion, growth. Getting married to a person, maybe all you need to have that person's stock multiplying or person's business growing is for you to just come back and give him peace. Do you know the Bible says one will chase a thousand and two will chase ten thousand? What does that tell you? Multiplication. Multiplied productivity. That Bible calls a woman the help meet. Does not necessarily mean that she has to leave her business and start helping him with his own business. It actually means that in a way he's contributing to the progress of that family and that business. Whether directly or indirectly. But God has designed that the presence of a woman in a man's life, a good woman in a man's life, the presence of a good woman in a man's life will bring multiplication. That's why women are called womb man. They call you woman because you're actually a womb, a man with a womb. And the womb was designed for multiplication. Not just your womb was designed for that. Your whole being was designed to grow anything you are giving. Anything you are giving, God has given you the ability to grow it. But listen, the problem here, that's why I said the next thing, the next reason any woman should be married is, is, is to submit. Because the problem is that if you receive from your man and you are to multiply what you have received and you don't submit, you can lose everything. So it will look like you are not multiplying. So the problem with most women is that they have the capacity to multiply but they are not submitted to their husband. So it's like the devil comes and steals anything. Do you understand what I'm saying? It is, it is, it is this, this rice that you covered with basin that the bed will not come and take out. So the Bible calls the husband the covering for his wife. Amen? So as long as that woman stays under that, that man, submit, submissive and submitted, the woman will keep prospering. The woman will keep multiplying. The woman will keep prospering in all that she does. The business of the man also will keep prospering. But when she starts fighting what is covering her, Satan will have um, um, the access to attack anything that was growing before. Praise the Lord. Anything for a, for, a, for a plant to grow into a tree, it has to be under the watch of the gardener, the husband man. That's what the husband is for. She has, you have to be under his watch. You have to be under his, you know, instructions, under his Cancel under his directions. You have to be submitted so that that thing, that multiplication, that multiplication ability on your inside will find expression. Did I get anybody lost? Are you with me? Yes. Sir. Hallelujah. Amen. That's how it's. That's how we roll. All right. So is there any question? But you don't know that if a man comes back and he sleeps well and the wife does not nag him. Instead, the, the, the wife is 
just all supportive, all like, how did your day go? How was business? What went wrong? And pray, hold hands and praise with him. Do you know what kind of? That's a love boost. She doesn't even need to be directly involved. She just needs to be around. You need to find a wife. <laughs> See, you know what I said favor is a product of the presence of God in a man's life. Eh? That's the third dimension of favor. That's another dimension of favor that's a product of a, the presence of a woman in a man's life. He that finds a wife finds a woman that obtains favor from God. Let me see. I would say this some other time that the favor you get from God that even the presence of God in your life is determined by how you are relating with your wife the Bible says that some prayers you pray will not be answered because you have issues with your wife so when you are married that's that's why you shouldn't misbehave just get married because when you are married you need to please the woman then can please God. Hallelujah. Praise God. I just hope I communicated well. Hallelujah. Well, any other question or so we can close now. Glory to God. Mama, I don't tire. <laughs> don't worry, we don't close. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Any other question?